You are listening to The MILF Podcast for moms intent on living fit and fabulous. Fit and fabulous. This show is for real people. Real people. People who don't have the spare time to live life at the gym and those who have to balance being moms, being professionals, but also wanting to look and feel hot. Oh, heads up. This show isn't about false quick fixes. Not here. Here, we're going to help develop an actual lifestyle change, but one that's manageable along with your other responsibilities, and most importantly, one that is sustainable. You got this. So we're going to take a little time, but we're going to do it right. Are you ready? Let's go. It's time to get your sexy back through healthy and holistic fat loss and get back to being a MILF, mom's intent on living fit and fabulous. And here's your host, Andy. Hello and welcome back. You are listening to the MILF Podcast and today's episode is a really special one in the fact that I'm going to be answering all those questions that my listeners have been sending in. So I'm really excited to do this particular episode because it allows me to to really give back some information that, you know... Um, people really want to hear about and would like advice on. So without further ado, I will get into this because I've got a few questions to get through. And um, yeah, guys, thank you so much for sending some stuff through. Well, first of all, my first question comes from Nikki and she's asked, hey, Andy, I love your work. Can you explain to those who don't know how you can coach clients online I always thought having a coach would mean face-to-face traditional PT type relationship. What you offer is so accessible to everyone and really does yield results. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Nikki, for um, giving me that that wrap. That's fantastic to hear that you love the way that, you know, I coach and, and the way that I can get people results. And I totally agree with you. Traditionally, I guess, yes, having a coach would be like having a face-to-face PT where you would normally meet up with them a few times a week and you you go through your training or you might go through your nutrition sessions. Um, And to be honest, it's something that I used to, that's how I used to run my sessions um, long before I became a online coach. However, times are changing. Um, People are becoming more and more busy. Um, Example, even for myself, now before I did online coaching, I didn't have any children. Now we have children. So it just makes things a little bit more difficult. And, you know, um, having session times that marry up between my times that are available and availability of clients can actually be really, really hard. So, you know, um, people tend to have only so many hours in a day that they can actually get things done. So, you know, I decided to transition my business to totally online. So then, you know, you can be more flexible in the way that you work with clients. They can get their training sessions in in whatever way it suits them and their routines and their and their particular lifestyle. And, you know, I can adjust my working times so that I am able to get what I need to get done as well. So for me, working online is, you know, was a no-brainer. So for anybody who wanted, who would like to work with me or, or wants to know how this particular type of coaching works. Um, my first order of things that I do is actually get to know the person. You know, I want to know whether they're going to be a right fit for me. I want to know whether they're 
I'm going to be a right fit for them and they're going to be a right fit for my community and my culture. So the first thing that I do is usually put them through a little bit of a rigorous application process, you know, to see if one, also if they're really serious about their goals, um, whether they really want the change or if they're only just interested. And, you know, if I feel like they're ready to, to take it up a notch and I think that they will be a really good fit for me, then I'll look at scheduling in a, a video chat so that we can chat about things in further. And, you know, during that chat, if I feel like they're a good fit, then I'll offer them a spot on my team. You know, after that, we go through a really, really thorough orientation process where I give them certain tasks to complete so that they're starting to get in the mindset of where they need to be, what they need to do, and to also have realistic expectations of how this process actually works. I mean, like there's so, so much crap out there um, and I think it's really unrealistic. So what I like to do is to start getting them thinking about, you know, past things that they did, how they'll need to change things, maybe taking baby steps instead of changing everything at once, um, you know, and getting them to understand that you don't have to be perfect. It's just about being consistent and, and turning up. So, you know, that's a couple of things that we get them to do. And then, you know, once they've completed those tasks, I go about setting them a training program that's suited to their goals and what they need to work on or what they would like it to achieve. So, you know, if you're a person that doesn't need, say, a lot of, you don't have a lot of weight to lose, you know, you might have that last five, 10 kilos or something like that to lose. There might be a little bit of different training style and different training program that I might set up for somebody that, you know, has a lot of weight to lose. It's, it's not a cookie cutter program and it's very much designed to the individual. You know, they also have, you know, um, I also get them set up on an online dashboard. They have access to scientific articles. They have access to recipes. They have um, access to a private community group, my secret only clients only group where, you know, everybody else gets to interact and support them on their journey. And, you know, I also get them to upload training videos so that they're, you know, I can critique them in their their style of training and making sure that they're actually training safely and training in an effective way to be able to get them results. And then on top of all that, they also get, you know, weekly tasks. So they get accountability tasks. They get um, weeks where they will need to record their food and hand that in so that we can assess and and make any changes if need be. And they also get other little tasks such as things like, again, like looking at behaviours and mindsets. So there's a little bit of psychology in there so that they're, they're learning about things um, rather than just being told what to do. So it's a very individualised, tailored program. And, um, you know, and this is why we only have – a certain amount of people that we work with because it is very individualized. It's not, you know, here's a program and off you go. It's it's a very, very, I guess, one-on-one type of experience. So at the moment, um, I work with all clients over the world. So if I was just a face-to-face PT, I would be limiting my catchment to just my particular local area. So this is how my online coaching program works. And um, 
clients and getting amazing results. And I think that's a tribute to, you know, working individualized and being able to be flexible within our times to be able to both work together and get results. So thank you, Nikki. That was a fantastic question. You've also asked me another question and it was about some of the things that I did in my past, past, um, I guess, oh, previous, maybe before I first had my first child and then again um, a few years ago. So it was what attracted to you to figure or bodybuilding competitions. Did you get negative feedback from those around you? And how grueling was it getting competition ready? So for me, initially, I would I never wanted to get up and compete on the stage. I had really low self-confidence and I had anxiety just, to, just about being in a bikini without being covered up by like a big baggy t-shirt or some shorts or something like that. Um, so yeah, it was never, I guess, came in my wildest dreams that I would get up into a little itsy bitsy bikini and stand up on stage in front of people and have actual people judge you on your body shape and and how you are. So I guess where I came from was I had been working with a coach for I would say about 12 months towards my first photo shoot. So, you know, I I spoke about it on a previous podcast where I wasn't happy. I wanted to change the shape and, and, you know, everything else that comes along with that, with my body. So I invested in a coach and I worked with this particular coach for almost 12 months before I was looking at doing my first photo shoot. Now, after I did this particular photo shoot, I felt really good. I had some really good confidence, um, you know, and I and I still at that stage hadn't thought about stepping on stage until my coach said, "Would is this something that you would like to do?" And I actually initially said no because I thought, well, you know, it's that I felt like I wasn't confident enough to do that, and I wasn't good enough, or things like that. And it probably took about four weeks for me to really mull it over. And I just thought, you know what? This would be great for me because it would challenge me, get me out of my comfort zone. And um, I'm all for a growth mindset. So, it, you know, winning doesn't bother me. Um, you know, I love the glitz and the glamour, but that's not what attracted me. It was more so that I really wanted to challenge myself and get myself out of my comfort zone. Um, and what better way to do that, I guess, than is to get up on stage and, and, you know, showcase what you've been working hard, whether for, like whether you, you win or not to me, I've already won because I've gone through the process and I've made it up there. So, you know, I think it was more so about a growth mindset and, you know, challenging myself to get up onto that stage. Now, did I get negative feedback from those around me? Um, I would say in some in some parts, yes, I did. Um, from friends and family, like most people thought I would get too skinny or I'd get too muscly. It was kind of one spectrum or the other. And, you know, most thought I would need to starve myself or live in the gym where it actually wasn't really like that. But I have to say it does require you to be very dedicated and focused on your goals. So, um, you know, when I did my first competition, I had no children. They weren't on the radar. Um, So 
you know, I had a little bit of flexibility where I could really focus and nail down on on my goal and, and really put everything into it. Um, yeah, and then I guess the second time that I competed, which was back in um, 2018, I did three competitions. Um, I already had one child, so it was just a little bit more juggling. But, you know, if the goal means a lot to you, you'll, you'll get it done. I guess I have to say that each time that I have competed, I've taken something away from it, um, but I've actually really enjoyed it. So I enjoy the process every time because I live this lifestyle. This is how I live. So it to me, the training and the eating part, the nutrition part, isn't the hard part for me. The hardest part for me is the posing. So um, you asked, you know, how grueling was it to get competition ready? The, the training and the nutrition are just like second nature to me. That's just what I do. I do that all the time. Um, yes, for a competition, you do need to refine the processes a little bit, but the posing was the hardest part for me. And I actually, you know, um, got a, a professional posing coach, I should say, um, to help me with that process. So that required me training and posing for hours. I mean, you know, there would be a lot of times where I'd get up and pose for an hour and a half before I went to work. I'd be posing in my lunch hours and I'd be posing at night, getting that practice in because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good you are with your physique. If you can't present it in a way that the judges want to see, you're not going to do well. So you need to make sure posing is just like how you train. You have to be able to train those muscles to, you know, to stay in a, a fixed position for a particular time, get those, that body twisting and flexible and, and all that sort of stuff. So the posing part was the hardest for me and I would say the most rigorous part for me. And, um, yeah, I just think I can remember back that my whole body would ache just after having posing lessons and and practicing posing and I'd have to be going to get a massage most every single week just to help with those those muscles and recovery. So I hope that answered your question, Nikki. Um, the next question comes from Danielle. So first off, such a great name, very clever. I've got one for you. I'm soon to be 34 years old. My boyfriend of eight years, pretty much my husband, would like a kid. I'm leaning towards yes, but I'm still a bit on the fence, partly because I feel like I'm just starting to get my shit together, especially on my new lifestyle change. Obviously, since I'm here, one of my biggest fears of having a kid in the next year is that I will lose all my progress and gain a bunch of weight during and after pregnancy. I've been working so hard and I just don't want it to go all out the window. What are your thoughts on this? Give myself a year or two to really establish my new lifestyle, then go for an offspring. I have no health concerns I'm aware of, so I'm really in no rush. Um, great question, Danielle. So I guess the first thing you have to think of is, look, you'll never be truly ready to have a child. I always thought that, oh yeah, I'll know when I'm ready, but I actually didn't. So I think if you both are ready to have a child or you both want to have a child, then 100% go for it. Nothing has to change in terms of nutrition and exercise whilst you are pregnant 
or after, apart from some slight modifications, you know, as your belly gets bigger or say like if you start having any complications. But for a relatively healthy pregnancy and, you know, minimal complications, there's nothing really you need to change. So you can continue on your lifestyle change as you were before you were pregnant. Nothing changes there. And whilst it would be easier if you had all your shit together before you had a child um, and having, you know, certain habits down pat, realistically, it's actually not going to be easy anyway. Um, Pregnancy, I feel, throws a lot of curveballs at you from morning sickness to fatigue to ligament pain to food aversions to sleepless nights to, you know, you name it. Um, So I feel like no matter how prepared you want to be, things will still change and you will have to learn how to adapt and how to overcome those changes and get through them. So I guess talking from experience, the biggest challenge for me in pregnancy is mindset Um, because let's face it, you can still eat quite well and train at the gym the whole way through your pregnancy, but it's normal and healthy to put on some weight and yes, some of that will be fat. So I want to say that, you know, the mindset part of training and eating well, but still seeing your body change before your eyes and putting on body fat and, you know, putting on weight, despite all your hard efforts, it can easily, I guess, put you in a mindset of, I'll just stuff it all. Like, why am I either bothering? So with, with this part, I feel like, you know, the mindset, you have to think of it again, it's another long-term type of mindset like it's delayed gratification what you do now sets you up for after your pregnancy so you might not see immediate results and you need to be okay with that what you what you are striving for will be after bub comes along so how well you know muscle memory stays so if you're still training you know all the way through pregnancy you know science shows that if you can keep you know your goal isn't to get stronger and and get more muscle through pregnancy your goal is to maintain it so if you keep lifting all the way through your pregnancy on the other side you have muscle memory and you have a better ability to regain back strength you know later on so i guess i speaking from experience this has been my third time um you will be presented with different problems and scenarios each pregnancy. No pregnancy is exactly the same. And um, how you handle your pregnancy, though, will determine on how you come out the other side. So, you know, um, I wouldn't wait until you've got every everything together and all your shit together because I feel like you two years could go by and you still don't feel like you have it all together because remember, nobody's perfect. So I feel like if you, you feel like yep, you want to have a child, then I think you and your partner should 100% go for it. Um, and just remember that it's it's all about being consistent, not getting things perfect, but it's it's going to have its challenges regardless of whether you got everything together beforehand or not. So it'll be more so making sure that you can adapt to those particular changes. But that was a really, really great question, Danielle. So um, 
Thank you for asking that one. Okay, what else have I got here? Lucy. Okay, having done competitions before and knowing what hard work is required, would you go back and compete again or what else would you do to replace the competition scene as such? Great question, Lucy. Um, you know, and this is a thought that has crossed my mind many a times. Um, and even during this pregnancy right now, I think, you know, my goals moving forward are that because that's what keeps you motivated. That's what keeps you inspired and keeps you striving towards. So I would say I absolutely love competing. I love the challenge. I love the glitz, like I've said before, and I love the work ethic involved in getting stage ready. But, but I am also realistic and know that to get competition ready, you have to be able to give it your absolute everything. I would love to say that I would love to compete in another 12 months or so um, after this next baby is born, but I also need to be aware of what my priorities are, my obligations and everything like that. And obviously my family would be one of my first priorities and obligations and making making sure that they're looked after and my new baby has everything that it needs. So it would be a matter of, Will it fit into where I am in in that particular point of time? However, in saying that, you know, um, I can get pretty much close to competition ready just by doing what I normally do anyway. So, but getting to go like and actually competing, that takes a different level of focus and determination and one I would need to assess when I, you know, you know, say good 12 months down the track, whether or not I have the energy to put in that extra determination and focus needed to get me to that extra, extra level that's needed for stage. How it's saying that, so if I wasn't going to compete, then I am always a strong believer in pushing yourself towards something and putting yourself out of your comfort zone. So my next go-to would be having a photo shoot. So the photo shoot, by the way, isn't just getting in there with whatever clothes you want to have on. It actually, for it to be successful, I feel that, you know, you have to be able to go in there and get out of your comfort zone, meaning that you need to show a bit of skin, whether it's in a bikini or something like that, so that your shape can be seen and not hidden underneath clothes. So I do need to say that photo shoots are fantastic if you look at them in the way that you are going to be with something that's revealing that you would never normally wear, you know, on any other given day. And in to make sure that's kind of like your blackmail, you need to get in the best shape possible. So that's another kind of thing that I would use rather than getting back up on stage again. And I probably will be using that um, as a, you know, a driving force coming out of my postpartum period. And I'll be driving force saying, you know, this is what my body achieved at 44 years of age after having a third baby. So if I can do it, anybody can do it. So yeah, that will be definitely a driving force um, coming out of this next postpartum phase. Lucy also asked another question, is there ever a point of being satisfied with where your journey has taken you and what happens when you reach that point? Do you just maintain or is there always room to keep going? 
This for me is a really tough question because as I said before, I'm all for being happy and confident in your own skin. That's fantastic. But I actually think there's a danger of becoming too comfortable because often when you get comfortable, that's when stagnation and plateaus and you can get complacent and suddenly you can start going backwards. So to me, I always want to improve. That's that's my thing. Like I will always look at areas that I can improve on, whether it's training, range of motion, strength, technique, um, whether it's in my food, in refining it, improving it, getting more taste, quality, all those sorts of things. Or if I'm looking at physique and aesthetic purposes, it might be I want rounder shoulders or I want nicer quads or I want better glutes or I want, you know, certain things within my body shape. So I will always look at something to improve on. So yeah, you can maintain, that's not a problem. But I feel like when you get into that maintaining period, and I say quote unquote maintaining, there's always the risk of you going backwards because you get too comfortable and then small habits can start coming back in. And then all of a sudden you can look in the mirror and go, shit, what happened? So I always feel like setting my goals um, and always setting something to strive for keeps me, you know, motivated and driven and focused. And, um, you know, I actually, I just want something to aim for all the time. And that's the, that's the, who I am as a person. And that's where I like to be. I like, you know, having something to reach for, um, that also puts me out of my comfort zone, but, you know, puts me in a growth mindset. So, doing things that I thought I could never achieve. So for me, that's one of the keys to always keep going and not getting complacent and going backwards. So I feel like when I have clients and I say, and they've reached a particular goal, I'll say, what's next? I'll always prompt them, what are you thinking towards next? Because I don't want them to get to a point and go, oh yeah, I've reached here because then they relax, they get comfortable And then all of a sudden, yeah, little habits start coming back in. So I always encourage my clients to think, what's next? Where do I want to take this? What do I need to improve? What do I want to improve? So, yeah, I think, yeah, there's always maintaining, but, you know, I think there's always room to keep improving. I don't think you'll ever, ever get to a perfect state because there will always be something to improve upon. So thanks, Lucy. Thanks for that fantastic question. Alrighty, next question comes from Kirsty. With your pregnancies, were you afraid that you wouldn't get your pre-pregnancy body back? Oh God, 100%. I can remember when with my first pregnancy, I was just on the back end of winning my first bikini modeling competition. This is a physique competition. And I was asked compete compete for Australia over in America. But obviously finances wouldn't allow it as with my partner, I just got engaged and um, we, oh, actually, sorry, we hadn't got engaged. That was the year before. I We had just got married that year. So, you know, we were looking at other things. So, you know, I was in pretty good nick um, and I was actually looking at competing again the following year um, in another seven months' time. So I was looking at prepping for that particular competition. And then like within weeks, and I'm talking weeks after my first comp, I fell pregnant. And as much as hard as it is to say, I was actually shattered. Um, 
because I felt like I just worked so hard to get to this particular point um, that it was just going to go all down the drain. And yeah, like something that Danielle said, you know, working so hard and then losing it all. I, I was absolutely terrified of that happening because I just knew how long it had taken me to get where I wanted to be. And then all of a sudden, my body's just going to change before my eyes. And I think it took me till about 20 weeks and I was still in disbelief and um, very emotional and in denial about the process. So yeah, I was very worried that the physique I had worked for for so hard for the last two years, I would lose forever and never get it back again. I mean, like I had seen firsthand other women struggling to lose the baby weight or people saying that their bodies were never the same after the children. So I really, really struggled mentally with that. Um, But I can now say confidently, now I guess this being my third time around the sun, that it actually doesn't have to be a concern. I have used the same methods, training, nutrition, to gain back an even stronger physique than before being pregnant. And I feel like as long as you know how to look after yourself by eating well during pregnancy, you know, not eating for two or eating whatever the fuck you want, you need to train sensibly. You know, I'm not talking about going all out at the gym every single day of the week and and exhausting yourself, you know, training sensibly with exercises that will give you the big bang for your buck, so 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 to speak, I guess then your body will reward you for it. Like your body will reward you for the consistency that you keep. So, you know, they say that it takes, you know, if it takes nine, 10 months for a baby to be made before it's being born, it's going to take you, you need to expect, it's going to take you nine to 10 months for your body to go back to quote, quote, normal or or somewhat to your, your pre-pregnancy size. Um, and that's, and that's normal and that's healthy. You know, there's no, there's no point in trying to diet really hard afterwards because that will affect obviously your milk supply and, and everything, your emotional, your energy, your all that sort of stuff. That'll affect everything like that. So if you just keep consistent with the way that you eat and the way that you train the whole way through pregnancy and a whole way on the outside, like I can assure you that things will get back to you know, fairly normal-ish, um, you know, within that nine, 10 month period, like it's, I've, I've done it. It's, it's proven. Like I haven't done anything drastic either way. So I'd now going, coming into this third pregnancy and, you know, I've only got, you know, maybe 12 weeks to go. Um, I know that wholeheartedly that by just being consistent through this pregnancy and then coming out on the other side and being consistent on the other side, as much as I can with, the new perils that a newborn brings, I know that I will I will be fine. I have no qualms in that. So was I worried? A hundred percent. Am I worried now? Not at all. I know that I've got this, I know how to do it, and I've done it before. So thank you for that question, Kirsty. Alrighty, got a question here from Christy. Kirsty and Christy. What is it with these kiss? <laughs> Alrighty. I'd love to know what I can do from home in terms of exercise and if you'd recommend any specific exercises or duration. I cannot attend a gym at this point in time. 
Alrighty, Christy, great question because I know that obviously there's a lot of mums out there that may not be able to get a gym or their gym doesn't have a crash or, or whatever the scenario is. So the first thing I want to say is that this will actually first depend on your goals and what you are wanting to achieve. You know, is it fitness? Is it fat loss? Is it strength? Is it building muscle? What you can do from home will determine um, on, on how much progress you can get depending on what your goal is. So um, I would say, first of all, there needs probably a little bit more clarification on that and, and get, you know, really clear with yourself. What is it that you actually want to achieve? Okay, so, you know, if it's fitness, you can you can do a lot at home. You don't have to go to a gym if it's fitness. You can go start going off for walks. You can start going for the jog. You know, if you have kids, you can put them in the pram or put, you know, if they ride a bike and go to the park and they can ride a little bike around with you. You can do a lot of things from home um, in the fitness type of thing. But if you're looking at strength and you're looking at fat loss or you're looking at building muscle, then it's it's going to determine on equipment and what you can do to get some um, overload and resistance training in. So then this leads on to, well, it will also depend on what equipment that you might have already at home. You know, there's many exercises you can do from home um, but it will it will dependent be dependent on the type of equipment that you have at home. So you know, do you have any dumbbells? Do you have a, a step? Do you have a fit ball? Do you have even suspension cables? You don't have to have a full commercial gym to to get some results, but you you will need to have some sort of equipment from home to be and enable you to to do some resistance training. So something that has some weight and allows you to progress over time. So if you only have, let's say, two kilo dumbbells at home, um, and there's that will should be fine at the beginning if you're a beginner, but there will be a time where you will need to progress beyond those two kilos. So you to get more results and to get more muscle or to to build a leaner or to get toning like a lot of people like to use which is just really um getting the muscle to show underneath getting rid of that fat so the muscle can show underneath um you're going to need to be able to progress past those two kilos so it will all depend on what um equipment that you have at home but yeah i mean like there's lots of body weight hit type of um Sessions that you can do that only go for 20 or 30 minutes, which is perfect if you've got children that sleep still in the daytime. Um, Yeah, you can always go walking and jogging. That costs nothing and, you know, you can do that absolutely anywhere. But if you're looking at specifically fat loss and getting stronger and getting some muscle and getting some shape, that will require lifting weights. And with weights, you want to be able to progress your weights over time. So, you know, I know that there's some fantastic, and they're from Kmart, so they're not overly expensive, but you can get a 20-kilo dumbbell set from Kmart, I think for like $49 or $50, um, and you could do a lot with those. So um, sometimes purchasing little bits like that that are quite um, flexible and you can go up a range without having to buy a whole dumbbell set range is really, really good for helping progression. So, or even kettlebells or or something like that. So, yeah, you need to be able to progress your exercises. So, you know, there there could be a time that you will outgrow what you have at home, and then you will need to go looking for either buying more equipment at home or investing in a gym membership to go to. But 
first and foremost, I think you need to get clear on what your goal is and what you want to do and what your aim is. And then you can go about looking at, okay, so how do I need to structure a training program that's going to allow me to achieve these particular goals? So Christy, please, if you have any other questions and you and you want some help clarifying your goal or direction or something like that, please feel free to um, drop me a message in the Facebook group or send me a private message or to my email, which is themilfpodcast at gmail.com and um, I will get back to you. Alrighty, my last and final question comes from Ashley. Your favourite meals for the family, especially a picky toddler, I can relate to that, and picky boyfriend, maybe even tricking them into thinking it's better than all the crazy carbs he eats every day. All right, Ashley, I actually have, uh, I don't have a a picky toddler. I have a picky six-year-old. So, um, and look, I guess, yeah, he probably was a really picky toddler at the time. So it's just kept evolving. Um, So I tend to find having dishes or making dishes that have hidden veggies in them do wonders. So at the moment, I'm getting my picky um, boy to eat things like spaghetti bolognese, but you know, the mince might have grated veggies in it or something like that. So they can't really notice them. Um, like, like really finely grated zucchini and carrot and, and things like that. Like I find that's really good hidden in like a bolognese mince. Um, I find soup is pretty good. So I've got a two-year-old and he loves my creamy chicken and vegetable soup because you can put lots of different vegetables in there, um, but you don't taste just any one particular vegetable. So it's really, really good because it gets all blitzed up. And then, yeah, it's it's easy to get a, a multitude of veggies in without actually having to sit down to like individual types of veggies. Um, even putting your healthier spin on types of food that maybe you want to limit the amount that they have of. So, you know, instead of saying having normal potato chips, you could opt for sweet potato chips. Um, You could opt for a better type of pasta. You could even change up the pasta and sometimes have zucchini noodles or something like that if that's something that you think that your toddler might eat or your partner might eat. Um, But, yeah, you know, you can make a a traditional lasagna except put some veggies hidden in there. Like that would be quite easy. Um, The other thing is my toddler likes to drink my protein fruit smoothie. So every time I make one, he's already grabbing a cup and asking me to put some in for him. Um, And you could kind of even turn something like that into an acacia bowl. So like putting some more frozen fruit in it or some ice, you can turn it into something that you could eat with a spoon. So it's nice and thick and, you know, you can put some nice fruit and nuts or something on the top of it. So it just looks presentable and it might be a bit more enticing. But that's kind of how I would approach it. Like have a look for a healthier version of some of the things that they're already eating. you know, at the end of the day, if your partner is is crazy on eating carbs and that's what he loves and and he he doesn't care about anything else, but then you know that's his choice. And I always say, you know, that's that's what they want to do. That's fine. Um, you don't have to do the same, um, but you can encourage it by setting an example. So, 
And the same goes for kids, I guess. They'll eat, you know, consistency. So just ex- consistently exposing them to different tastes and textures and and showing the different colours on your plate and, and letting them experiment with food. Like I think that's a really big tip that I found from going from child one, which was really, really picky as a toddler, to my second child, Phoenix, who's a toddler now and, and not as picky like I've just let him really um, explore with food and taste everything that I'm tasting so that he starts getting used to all of those things where I didn't do that with my first. Um, Yeah, as far as your partner is, I think looking at healthy alternatives and options and getting maybe him involved with the um, the meal planning process, you know, getting him to have a look at some recipes and and going, getting them to ch- um, to pick them, and then you can make them, and you can always substitute certain ingredients for a better option if if you feel the need. So um, that would be how I would tackle that, Ashley. So I hope that helps. And um, if not, I'm sorry, my partner isn't very picky, so um, I'm very lucky there. But I can definitely relate to the picky toddler. Um, all right, guys. That is it for my Q&A session podcast and my last episode for this season. I am actually really excited because season two is already in the making and I have some brilliant topics that I'm going to be discussing in my next season. So please, if you have any feedback, if you want to share the love or anything like that, please head over to the MILF podcast on Facebook and um, yeah, share the love, give me a message and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Alrighty guys, again, thank you so much for listening and I can't wait to get back into season two. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the MILF podcast for moms intent on living fit and fabulous. Would you like to share your journey on getting your sexy back? Getting your sexy back? Then head on over to the website for full access to show notes, resources, and links to the Facebook group. Get connected. So you too can join the conversation and network with others on the same journey as you. Stay motivated. All wanting to live a fit and fabulous lifestyle. You can find all that and more by visiting the MILF podcast.com that's m-i-l-f-f podcast.com dot com dot com